You probably know the feeling, sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful, and its imbalance is the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root. Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it. Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at rebalancehealth.com. You're listening to Beyond the Letter with Pastor Adam and Caleb Mesa. Okay, guys, we have a special edition episode today, Beyond the Letter. We thought we would do something unique. We got two friends with us. I'll let Caleb tell us what we're going to do after I introduce them. I got, we got, we got Pastor Heron Kaiser oh, yeah. uh, hey. in the house, mm-hmm. Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, in uh, student, uh, Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. We first met in college, uh, our undergrad over 10 years ago. And then we got Pastor Aaron Levy in the house. Uh, Cal Baptist University represent biblical studies mm-hmm. in the house. Nice. So we got we got a Southern Baptist, <laughs> we got a Cal Baptist, <laughs> and then uh, I represent two two places of study: Life Pacific University, Pentecostal, speaking in tongues, the whole nine, and then the Masters University Theology and Apologetics. Mm-hmm. And then we got Pastor Caleb in the house, MDiv Master Seminary. Here to give you what's up. I gave that background to know so that people know yep. this is a special edition because this is the theology corner today. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. It's very go. important to note that we are going to talk about uh, some great things today. We thought we would uh, do some uh, some deep conversations about theology, apologetics, and whatnot. I'm going to let Caleb speak into what we are going to actually do today for this episode, though. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, objections going around um, that have always been going around, but, you know, uh, it's social media and uh, so on, and even in universities and high schools, and, uh, you know, just some of the most common objections to Christianity. Um, and so what we did, we compiled a list of the 11 most commonly objection, uh, common objections to the Christian faith. And instead of watching like TikTok videos, like we normally do, you know, hearing other people kind of ask their questions or university professors that do this all day, <laughs> oh, right? yeah. you know, yeah. which are great, yeah, you know, yeah, but exactly. yeah, yeah. pretty so, ordinary in that sense. So, yeah. So instead, we're going to uh, put all of challenge every person on this panel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is not prepared. That's the great thing about this podcast. We're beyond the letter. We don't prepare. We don't have notes. (laughs) (laughs) We don't. We're not reading commentaries before this. We don't know what we're going to say. When you work at FedEx, when you work at FedEx and you walk into the room and someone goes, Hey, you're a Christian, Joe. Exactly. Bye, 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 bye. You don't. You're not like, oh, let me go study. Be for ready an hour in and season out. and That's out true. of season, yeah, baby. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's it. We're so, the people's padre. We re- represent the ordinary people. <laughs> That's, what right. We do That's right. Podcast. That's right. So, uh, you know, if you're ever offended by anything we say, just keep that in mind. You know, it's, it's coming from the top Half of the time. Our head we and... walk away from the podcast. Go, dang. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said I would have said something, but when it's organic, you walk away from friendships all the time. When you say something to somebody, and you're like, "I shouldn't have said that." Yeah, exactly. That's what the podcast is for. Regret. 
And I love it because, you know, you just depend on the Holy Spirit, you know, praise the Lord. You just depend on the Holy Spirit and it's fun. You know, you never know what's going to happen. So um, it's unpredictable. So what we did, we we put them all in this uh, chalice, the the Lord's chalice. (laughs) Okay. um, That's an authentic uh, chalice. Eucharistic uh, Eucharistic. chalice. Um, And uh, (laughs) so we have them all in there. And so each of us is just going to pick at random one of the objections. And the person who picks the objection, they have to start off the conversation. Mm, yeah. And anyone uh, could jump in, right? And, but they, they well, gotta they start gotta it off. Start they it gotta off. start yeah. the yeah. Yeah. Okay. and then we'll get into that <laughs> particular discussion. We'll contribute as we see fit and uh go on to the next question. Or dig deeper in it and be like, Oh, that's yeah. a good point. But what would you say if someone said this back to you? Yeah, you know? play devil's advocate. Aaron, size, yeah. Yep. Aaron's sweating right now. I am sweating. I thought we agreed that if the, tra- the question was challenging, we just ask it to Pastor Heron. I thought that was. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I failed in theology. Good, good, good old Al Moeller, uh, SBC guy over here. In education, a fiscal education. Oh, shoot. Uh-oh. All right. Okay. Who's first, Caleb? All right. Let's do Adam first. Okay. What? Since you got the cup. You said you who's first and you started doing it. I mean, I was shaking it up. I know. You right, answered right, the call, right. brother. I'll, 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 I'll warm it up. Warm it you up. You got the mantle. All right. Does everyone understand the game over here? You understand? Don't worry, Nancy. We're not going to include you <laughs> on like, the question. Uh... She's sweating right now. She's like, are they going to point to us? No, 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 no. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. So we got some of the common questions. Here's the first one. Okay. Here Dang. we go. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. Isn't the cross an example of divine child abuse? <laughs> we're starting, oh, wow. we're starting there. <laughs> we're starting Jeez. there. All right, let me ask Jeez. you one more time. Isn't the cross an example of divine, you know, um, divine what? Dang, is it ch- divine child abuse? Isn't an example of divine, I've, you know, okay. Heard this argument before. <laughs> Caleb's like, how is he even going to answer I know. That, <laughs> that was, a, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that is a regular common, uh, well, not an objection, but somebody will will add like, okay, even pointing to Abraham and Isaac, the fact that God would ask um, Abraham to sacrifice his son and, um, you know, obviously the cross with Jesus, Jesus being the son of God, that um, it would be divine child abuse. Well, here's the the first aspect is um, we have to recognize reading the Bible that most of the Bible, when when it translates to the way that God is seen to us and the way that we view God, it's done in uh, symbology. So that is the biggest thing. So so people have to remember that um, it's not like Zeus and Hercules in mm-hmm. that sense, where where God the Father actually uh, birthed Jesus. Jesus uh, Jesus has been in heaven eternally with God. It's a Trinity. So Trinitarians, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is the way we understand them in symbology, because that's what the Bible tells us is Mm -hmm. their positional relationship within the Godhead. But Jesus Christ himself is not the literal um, son of the father, Um, even using language like son of man, son of God. Those are those are literary references. Those are textual references to his position, to his job. Uh, the son of something meant like the meant the representative of something. So if he was mm-hmm. the son of man, he was the representative man. If son of God, he's the representative of God. Just like if I go somewhere and I say I'm the son of Diego, 
it's it's meant to be used as a reference piece of like your title, your position, what your what your job is. So in the sense of purely the cross speaking, isn't that divine child child abuse? No, because Jesus is not the son of the Father God. It it is a symbolic it's a, a it's a it's a symbology that is used that shows us what Jesus' relationship is in both the Trinity and also in relationship to the Father and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that in and of itself uh, couldn't be an example. A better argument uh, that someone would place is not really in the cross because that we know is in symbology. It would be in the in the uh, in the uh, in the predecessor sacrifice, which was Abraham and Isaac. That okay. that is the one that would mm-hmm. historically people would say that is divine child abuse. But um, upon the New Testament review theologically, you would understand that. Um, Abraham and, um, you know, many, many of those that would come from Abraham. Now within Judaism, it's argued that they don't believe that, but within Christianity, we believe that Abraham thoroughly believed in the resurrection Mm -hmm. of the dead, Mm -hmm. that, that he understood the necessity of, of, uh, of sin and the necessity become rejuvenated, renewed in Christ would, would need a resurrection of the body. You could not, you had to die to sin. So you had to die to self. So it was, it was understood more than likely that Abraham believed that should he had sacrificed Isaac, there was going to be an, a resurrection of Isaac. And ultimately the ram came in the bush to represent God coming in to fulfill the sacrifice, which then ultimately nuances to Jesus being the ram in the bush for all of us. And so it doesn't necessarily represent, uh, um, um, a child. What does it say in this? Divine, divine child. Divine, divine child. child. Well, I think. Yeah. You know. No. Yeah. I think. Um, it's it's judging God based upon our human standards. You okay. know, and and so the 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 problem is that, that people have with trying to understand propitiation or Christ dying in place what for our sins. Propitiation. I just. Christ dying in place for our sins, <laughs> you know, is, is so we we believe as, so we're using as Christians, talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that Christ bore the wrath that we deserve. Mm-hmm. Christ bore the wrath of God that we as sinners uh, deserve, and you know it's important to realize that. The plan, the predestination of the death of Christ was predestined before the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. So before God even created Adam and Eve and a perfect world and called it good, he knew that there was going to be a fall and he planned uh, through his son, the son of Jesus Christ, who is co-eternal with the father, um, to die in place of sinners in order to redeem humanity and to create a new heavens and a new earth. But the problem is, how could a God, isn't that divine child abuse where God is having his son brutally murdered on behalf of creation? Not not specifically men and women, human beings made in the image of God. Isn't that divine child abuse? To our human logic... I can see how how they can have that argument. Right. I'm not yeah, saying but... it's valid. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying because if I have a son and if I said, Judah, um, you're going to die in the place of this. Um, this rapist deserves death. Mm-hmm. He's convicted and, and he's 
he's a murderer and a rapist. He's convicted of death. In, in, in his stead, Judah, I want to put you on the stand and I want to put a bullet in your head mm -hmm. and I want that to be his payment so that he can go free. That would be kind of a, an example of how somebody can interpret the cross of Christ as divine child abuse. Mm -hmm. So do you guys have any? Yeah, I think it's twofold when you look at it. You, people ignored the whole New Testament. Mm -hmm. It's like selective reading. They read the Bible and they selective, selective. Uh, they select that certain passage and say it's child abuse. But if you read the New Testament, you see that God the Father is loving. Mm -hmm. He spends time with them. Uh, is protection with that. And then second, Jesus died as an adult, not a child. So you can't <laughs> say it's child abuse if he's on the cross as an adult because as an adult you have free will. He went there willingly. He didn't go there yeah. saying, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to right. get to that cross. So you have to look at it from that perspective because people ignore the whole New Testament of the life of Jesus and how Jesus had a good relationship with the father, as, as you attested to that it was loving, it was nurturing, it was caring. He didn't leave him. He wasn't alone. And second, he wasn't on the cross as a child. He was on the cross as a as an adult, yeah. so you can't say child abuse. Mm -hmm. And I would mm -hmm. say, right? going back mm -hmm. to Pastor Adam's point about the symbols in the Bible, at Abraham and Isaac, but then there's a ram in, in, in the bush, mm -hmm. God the Father and Jesus being a symbol of that, being, being the, the manifestation of that. So I look at the cross as the highest example of love, where you see a father who loves sinners so much. For your example, this is a sinner that deserves death. This is my son that's perfect. This makes no rational sense, but it educates us on how much the father loves and how much he's willing to give up. Then, then the Jesus as the as the symbol of the son is the greatest example of honor your mother and father because he goes to the cross willingly. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't, he wasn't, yeah. come right. on, son, come on, you have to, no, the prayer he in willingly, yes. Yeah. Not my will, but your will. Yes, yeah. so, but then with that prayer in the garden, it just shows the humanity of Jesus in our mm -hmm. prayers when we're struggling to submit to the Father's will. Mm -hmm. So I see an excellent example of us as sons and daughters of God that, hey, there will be moments when we're praying, man, not my will, your will be done. I am choosing to do this, but this is hard. So when I see the cross, mm -hmm. I see a loving father willing to give up his best. And then I see a son that chooses to honor his father in hard things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and to add to that, it's important to realize the entire Old Testament is a picture, or as Adam and, and you alluded, uh, seconded, a symbol of the reality of Christ. Mm -hmm. you, so we, when we read the Old Testament, we're to ask the question in every page: How am I to see Christ, a picture of Christ in this? And so, specifically, the entire sacrificial system that God instituted under the Mosaic Covenant, mm -hmm. all of the sacrifices communicated the message that, um, in order to atone and to for God to forgive sin, a sacrifice must be made. Yep. And so the sinless, spotless lamb was a picture of the sinless, spotless lamb of Christ, who is Christ, the Christ, the Son of God, who would be slain uh, for the forgiveness of sins. And uh, and our faith is so wonderful in that it's it, it, it offers the 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 greatest um the greatest um the greatest gift, the greatest offer of forgiveness of sins through the sacrifice of his sons. That's how God can graciously forgive us and cancel all of our debts. Whereas other religions, you have to pay 
yeah. for yeah. your sins yeah. against the holy God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so your entire life is spent um, uh, in fear, in fear of God's judgment, in fear of, of death, in fear, wondering all the time whether you'll make it in and out of hell. Whereas the Christian message says it, through confession and belief in Christ, you are guaranteed salvation and an eternal inheritance and life with God the Father through Mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. And I just want to make the point too is I'm not looking to understand with my finite mind the truths of Scripture. Mm -hmm. My job is to believe in it and to submit to it humbly because because if the the same issue comes with the deity of Christ. How can Jesus be God and yet yeah. pray to God the Father <clears throat> on the cross? It's like, if I could fully understand God, he's probably not the true God. For sure. God has to be incomprehensible. Yeah. So there has to come to a point, whether it's the Trinity or whether it's the doctrine of propitiation, um, the doctrine of Christ, uh, God, Jesus bearing the wrath of God on my account. There has to be a point where I just my finite mind cannot understand yeah. it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I just have to love yeah. it. I have to appreciate it. I have to believe it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you put the stars in the sky. <laughs> What's that song? Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Billion. So alive. Billion? So alive. It's called by Hillsong. What's that song? Yeah. No, so no, no, no. Chris Tomlin, enjoy it. You know, how's it going, Jermaine? Can you sing it again, Pastor? Indescribable, indescribable, y'all. You say that every day. Why you sound like? You, why, why you sound like you in the private? <laughs> so when you when you worship God, you worship in soprano. Is that what you said? What you mean? <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, cause you know what I'm saying. All right, all right. Heron's next. Heron's next. All right, here we go. Great stuff, great stuff. A plus yeah. on that class so far, yes. everybody. Good job, everybody. We should all uh, go to college together. All <laughs> <laughs> write a piece of our paper for each other. All right, so this one is, is Christianity homophobic and hateful? Oh, my God. <clears throat> towards the LGBTQIA community. Wow, this just follows us yeah, wherever we go. Yeah. <laughs> Ask it one more time. <laughs> is Christianity homophobic and hateful towards the LGBTQIA community? Okay. Uh, that's a good one. Whew. You're the youth um, pastor, so. Yeah, this is you know. very, <laughs> probably your top two <laughs> questions. Well, yeah, right. I mean, I would break it down to say, is, is Christianity intrinsically, inherently uh, hateful? Mm-hmm. Or is Christians hateful? Because okay. there's two two different things, right? Yeah. As a Christian, I can say hateful things, right? But uh, overall, as as a religion, I don't think it's hateful towards uh, um, the LGBTQI because the, the Bible tells us in First Corinthians 13 to love, right? Mm-hmm. Love covers all things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, love rejoices, love speaks in truth, and and because we speak in truth, and I think uh, that's where we differ is morally. I think you got you got to have a line drawn in the sand. Like I love the person, I love that person that that that's a lesbian or a trans or a bi, but I don't agree with their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So um, the you know the Bible t- says a lot about morally behavior and how we should live, uh, you know, sexually, um, genderly, and all that stuff. If, if you want to throw that word in there, but mm-hmm. uh, overall, I think Christianity does a good job of loving. The community, but I think Christians, yeah, like person to person, they do a bad job in 
portraying that as seen in, in the world, whether you see a person on the corner holding a sign that says, if you're a lesbian, you're going to hell. You know, that, yeah, that's, God hates gays. God hates right. gays and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Or yeah, right. you, you see comments on YouTube, you know, about yeah. the hate towards that community. But, but I think the Bible is very clear that we should love people yeah. uh, no matter yeah. what. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think, would say... I'll um, go ahead, Aaron. I would say Pastor Caleb said in a previous episode... You know, Jesus' greatest commandment, love God, love neighbor. And you have said the way we display loving God is how we love our neighbor. So mm -hmm. the Bible didn't say love God, love Christians. It says love mm. God, love neighbor. Right, so a right. neighbor is defined that anybody that's near me with a need. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So it doesn't. So so just fundamental Christianity is I'm going to love you because you're next to me. Just love who's in front of you. Right. So the test of that is. Can you love someone that you don't share the same values with? And I think we're living mm. in a culture where if we disagree, now you don't love me. If we disagree, now we discontinue. Yeah. And, and that's not love as defined right. in the scriptures, right. but it has exposed two things, in my opinion, the immaturity of some Christians or mm. some people that are saying they're Christians, but are not. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if yeah. we're, if we're just talking about Christianity as articulated from the scriptures, we love God, we love neighbor, irrespective of their values. I think also when those questions are posed or when those arguments are posed, like you have, you have to clarify because within Christianity, um, majority of us being being Protestants, if you if you're a you know if you're a faithful scripture reader, churchgoer, all those things like that, you know we believe in sola scriptura, mm -hmm. uh, scripture alone. That's one of one of a predominant tenet of faith of most Protestant Christians. So, you know, you have to ask the question: Is Christianity uh, against LGBTQ community? What you have to ask is. Is the Bible uh, against it? Because those are two mm -hmm. different things. Christianity yeah, and like the Bible it. are two separate things in the same way that a Muslim and the Quran are two separate things. Uh, in the same way that um, a, a Jewish person, someone practicing Judaism, you have the you have their uh, you have the Torah, you have the Tanakh, and then you have the Midrash and all the teachings of the rabbis and all that's the commentary on on the book. And so. The problem is uh, what a lot of people do is take Christianity and take representatives of Christianity who don't believe in sola scriptura, mm -hmm. don't follow the scriptures, mm -hmm. and they're giving yeah. their opinion on the matter without dividing the scriptures, without looking at, well, well, what is what are some of the biggest reasons? And so when you separate Christianity, the construction, the, 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 the behemoth of the religion of the people, and you just go straight for the Bible— that's what I want to talk about with a person sure. and the average mm -hmm. person who ha who has an argument against Christianity very few times are they actually referencing or have ever read the Bible. Yeah. Um I've read, you know, I was an apologetics apologetics major. So I've read the Quran, I've read the Book of Mormon. I've read I don't think every Christian needs to do that, but but I did in the fact that I wanted to be an apologist. So mm -hmm. you know, you can start to begin to deliver true criticisms when you actually engage like i could talk about the importance of christianity i wouldn't necessarily go after islam unless i've read the quran unless i can say yeah i've read it i i know where i believe the issues are according to my word right but but like they've always been said is like how how can you tell a counterfeit dollar if there's 20 million counterfeit dollars out in the world or count, counterfeit 100 100 dollar bills how can you study 20 million different counterfeit dollar bills 
Well, you don't have to study $20 million counterfeit bills. You just need to study one real one. For sure. Mm -hmm. And then anytime you engage with a counterfeit, you'll be able to tell because you've studied the real one so long. So to me, like when I'm talking about the scriptures in the Bible, especially in this, you know, in this topic, when I'm talking with people is we have to go to the word of God and we have to mm -hmm. ask ourselves, why did God institute marriage between a man and a woman? Mm -hmm. Why was this important to God in the scriptures? Why, why, why can we see in the scriptures that, um, uh, uh, whether it be a trans uh, lifestyle, which there are plenty of passages talking about embracing a trans lifestyle, whether men wearing women's clothes and women wearing women's clothes. And it, it does go deeper than that when those mm -hmm. scriptures are being talked about. And then even down towards the Corinthian issues and homosexuality and mm -hmm. other things like that. We have to ask ourselves, why, why is this being said? And then we also have to, and, and I've done whole messages on it, is we have to, we also have to really recognize, and, and you can actually go and study a secular psychologist who did, who has literally in psychology the proof text on on homosexuality and all of the LGBTQ <laughs> psychological things and basically that secular psychologist said Judaism invented um, marriage between a man and a woman uh, that almost all cultures throughout the world in history. So whenever someone says, oh, you believe in relationship between a man and a woman, that's really barbaric. We live in the modern age. Mm -hmm. That's barbarism. Well, actually, it's not. Barbarism was the opposite. If you're horny, you do it with whoever and whatever you want. That okay. was barbarism. That is what's barbaric mm -hmm. in, in nature. And the mm -hmm. psychologist says that. It's like history of psychology for homosexuality or something like that. I, it was even it an act of worship. They had temples where you would <laughs> yeah. have sex to... Lesbians yeah. and homosexuality and, and um, you know, the sayings in Rome, which were where uh, women are for procreation, boys are for pleasure. I mean, these things have existed. And actually through Abraham, through the Hebrew Israelites, through Judaism, because you can find in China, you can find in India, you could find in South America, you could find in all the oldest civilizations that the LGBTQ lifestyles, whether it be boys dressing up as girls or whatever it may be, that has existed for thousands upon thousands of years. Mm -hmm. The Bible and actually the construction of the of Judaism through Abraham was really the first known acclamation where the God of heavens and the earth puts in a construction of sex and marriage. And there are a whole host of reasons why cleanliness, procreation, God is a God of life. Um, God, God is a God that is into symbology, like we talked about. And so when you read the Bible and you read the new Testament in particular, but even in the old Testament, God uses language like Israel has divorced me. Mm -hmm. Um, he uses marriage language yeah. in the, in the new Testament. Uh, God uses language that, uh, Jesus is the bridegroom and the church is his bride. Mm -hmm. And so part of marriage and relationship and the reason why God created the confines of that was so that we could get a better picture of who Jesus is to us and who we are to Jesus mm -hmm. as God would make that construction more yeah. and more boundary related. In other words, what he's saying in this land that, you know, praises polygamy and other things like that. Um, the church should have no other um, polygamous relationships outside of Christ mm -hmm. in the same way that you will, Christ will not uh, choose another person other than his church mm -hmm. to be the source of his message. And so there are marital boundaries that Jesus makes with his church that Jesus won't back up on. Jesus is not going to divorce us. Jesus isn't going to leave us. Jesus is the male in the relationship. The church is the bride, his female in the relationship. Without those confines and constructs, 
we could not understand God's relationship to us. If we just said, hey, it's a doggy doubt world, you do whatever you please, then really the Bible doesn't make a lot of sense in that regard. And so mm -hmm. since we sola scriptura, since we believe scripture alone, I'm going to have to, like Caleb said, I'm going to have to confine myself within the scriptures to ration out my faith because I find the Bible to be true. I reconciled upon myself that the this is the word of God and this is a never ending and unchanging and Jesus is the fulfillment of the word. So therefore I'll read those passages and say, okay, as hard as, as hard as your, um, as hard as um, what has maybe happened to you when you were younger, whatever you've experienced, as hard as your hormones are raging, I will say no to those things. And a lot of people's arguments will be like, well, it must be nice to say from the guy that's married. If you think that my wife is the only person that I'm attracted to in this world, it is hard out in here for me. We you know like <laughs> I have to beat down my flesh every day. For sure. Yeah. It ain't easy road for me being married. For sure. There are women who go to my DMs. There are women who come on to me in restaurants. There was, Phil was recently with someone with me in Banana Republic. A worker gave me her employee discount because she was trying to holler for a dollar. <laughs> I mean, at any point, you can engage in your flesh and be like, yeah, well, what's your number? What's this? So even as a married person, you have to put your flesh into submission. So yeah. when someone just says, oh, it's easier said than done. Well, I can say there are levels of, of, uh, of of, 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 you know, this war that we fight with our flesh, but at the same time, the word of God is the source for us that we drive our construction of both faith, life, marriage, and family yeah. down to the right. most tedious and, of things. Uh, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to, I just want to say, um, <clears throat> that homosexual desires are not sin acting on those homosexual <clears throat> desires are sin. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, so so I think that's important distinction because I think, well, we we try we don't our church tries not to, but we don't um, distinguish a homosexual uh, in our congregation from somebody who's struggling with adultery or fornication or yeah. lying or stealing For or sure. being a uh, drunkard or. Uh, any other vices. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot a of the, a lot field. of this comes from is that we have Christians have um, overemphasized homosexuality to to um, as if they're as if it's a greater sin than lying, fornicating, stealing gotcha. people who yeah. uh, people of which I want to be in my church. I want to be in my congregation. I want to be friends with. I want to go out to dinner with. I want to text. I want to be my friends. I want to, I want fornicators to be my friends. I want adulterers my, my friends. Yeah. I want I want drunks to be my to be friend uh, to be my friends. Um and and so, you know, it's not this unforgivable sin. It's tough. I would hate to be in that position where you have these desires yeah. that would be a sin to be gratified. Um, and you wrestle I, with it every day. I am very yeah. sympathetic to that, yeah. you know, th that struggle because, you know, it's a, it's a genuine struggle. I, I could not even comprehend what that's like to yeah. be attracted to the same sex. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. as Christians, we just sit, we, we, we stick to the Bible that mm -hmm. is very clear in the scriptures homosexual acting in homosexual acts is sinful yeah and so yeah. we call it a sin yeah. but homosexuals are still welcome homosexuals are still loved by God homosexuals um, uh, are Christ still wrestling are still with like with their flesh and 
Exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. And so in church, in church, in church, as you're, you know, yeah. actively, you know, you know, I have my, like you said, like yeah. I have, I have my temptations unique to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things that tempt you. Right. I, I don't even, I don't even give, give a passing thought. It's yeah, not yeah, even yeah. a strong, yeah. uh, being a drunk. I, right. I don't, it's not even, on. but I do have specific temptations that are unique to me. Yeah. Um, and that you don't have, that you don't have to deal with, that you don't have to deal with, that I have to fight and wrestle with probably for the rest of my life. And that's the cross that I have to bear. I yeah. like it. For a homosexual who converts to be to, to, to a Christian, that's going to be their cross to bear. Yeah. Unless Jesus changes those desires right. and gives them a, a desires for the opposite sex. Yeah. That's going to be a cross that they're going to have to bear that they're going to have to use to bring them closer to Christ in a yeah. in a stronger dependence, in a stronger uh faith, stronger daily walk of repentance and so on. Yeah. And I would say just like, like we said earlier, you know, the test of love is loving your neighbor irrespective of values. It's also loving your neighbor irrespective of their sin issue, irrespective mm-hmm, full mm-hmm. of their temptation. So if I'm thinking through as you're talking 1 Corinthians the church discipline came from the sexual issue, not because of the sin. It was the response to the sin that they're practicing it. It's open. Nobody's doing mm-hmm. nothing about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So based upon that, there is a conviction of saying, hey, these are our values. These are our guardrails as it relates to what what, what is in church. But at the same token, love is not negated because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even down to Jesus's words of hyperbole, which people have, have taken as like court of law is Jesus's hyperbole. If you so much as look at a woman with lustful thoughts, like you've committed that, that mm-hmm. sin. And, and for him, it's a warning of, of where your thoughts lead you. It's for a sure. warning of where your, whatever entices you can head to you. It's not literal. Um, but obviously, if you so look at a woman and then now you start to imagine it, now you start to create this thing and now you start to live in this thing and it begins to lead you towards sin. Well, that is the sin. That's the hyperbole of his statement as mm-hmm. to say, well, you know, if I am struggling with this thing, that means I can just uh, think about that person and what that, you know, sexual exploitation would look like. And I'm good as long as I don't act on it. Well, no, Jesus's hyperbole is true. You can't, you can't engage. That'd be like me going to the woman at Banana Republic and say, yeah, we didn't exchange numbers, but I found her on Instagram and now I'm looking at her every day. And mm-hmm. now I'm in my right, thoughts. Sure. I've created this. Well, now I've, I've engaged in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in sinful misconduct towards, towards a holy God. And so it's the recognition of, of the cross that I'm bearing. And it's the recognition mm-hmm. of the fight that I'm in, um, to pursue righteousness, uh, to pursue an image of Christ. And that's where I'll often tell you, and I, and I, and I have relationship with many people who are on the LGBTQ, LGBTQ lifestyle. And, um, I mean, I'm the first person to call when their dad's sick. I'm the first person. They, so they, you know, there's a, there's a great deal of distance between us because at the same time, they, they are hurt by maybe my, my biblical beliefs or my convictions. But the moment that, um, they need God for something. They do call me <laughs> and they're, and they're, and they're like, Hey kid, this is going through. I, I've even had people I have a relationship with who are, who are ma- gay married and they say, Hey, me and my husband are going through it. Can you, can you pray for us? You know? And, mm-hmm. and you have to be uh, as wise as a serpent, as soft as a dove in that moment yeah. to say, well, no, I'm not going to pray for you. You know, like you, you're, you're God hates you. Well, if I had a friend who was an alcoholic who called me and said, would you, would you pray for me? My dad's going through something or whatever it is, or would, mm-hmm. would you pray for me? It's not just, 
I don't need to hear from them first that they need to recognize it's wrong uh, mm-hmm. for me to pray for them. They know where I stand on it. They know where I believe on it. And so I'm going to always pray a Christian prayer that Christ make himself a reality to anyone yeah. and that and that we they bear the image of Christ. Now, they can stop asking me to pray for them if uh, if if that troubles them, but they don't seem to stop. Uh, to want me to pray for them as often as I do go in contact with people in that community that uh, that I so desperately do want to love. I mean, you know, I, I wrestle with people. I wrestle people who are on opioids. I wrestle with people through mm-hmm. prayer who are on cocaine, who are, mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, being a pastor of a church our size, I mean, you, you go through it and you see people. Uh, oh, I, yeah. Right now I'm wrestling with guys who so far this year of 2022, their wife has had sex with them twice in 12 months. Dang. You know? So to say, oh, well, you're married night, night, you get it whenever you want. No, I know guys who are married, who their wife literally has not, has only slept with them twice. And it was on their anniversary and it was on his birthday. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And every day he's got to walk past women and he's got to turn on the TV and see whatever's on Netflix and fight that fight. I mean, the fight is real for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, should that be uh, your cross that you're bearing? And my heart breaks for these guys or girls. I I mean, sometimes it's women too, but many times it's men. So I want to hear Nancy, if you had something, because you had a Yeah, no, I was going to, I was, I mean, you guys mentioned it like, yeah, loving one another, loving your neighbor, pastor, and you touched on it, but maintaining those boundaries, you know, maintaining your convictions and your values because especially growing up as a believer sometimes it's like oh well yeah you know maybe you're homosexual and you're inviting me to a party and i know it's going to be a lot of that is that something for nancy that nancy can handle Mm -hmm. you know is that is that a conviction where it's like maybe somebody else who's a believer can say you know what i can go to that you know that party i can be there around you guys and, and it's okay but it's just really getting to know like between your your relationship with god obviously we know the bottom line is you know, um, homosexuality, and that's yeah. not okay with the word, but it's understanding the other level of where's my relationship with God and what is the conviction that is, God is giving me? It may not be the same as Pastor Caleb's or Pastor Adam's, but it's just understanding that and understanding yeah. to stay true to those boundaries. Yeah, that yeah. You have, yeah. You it's know? great. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. good perspective. Thanks, Dan. All right, Pastor Aaron. That one's from the Lord, huh? That's the one. <laughs> one fell out on the ground while I was shaking it up, so that means it's his. This one is from me. Uh-oh. I've been praying for an How easy many one. pairs of Crocs? Wait, I, ha- says, I haven't done mine yet. Says, uh, you skipped me. He hasn't me. done one yet. Oh, you haven't done it? No, he hasn't. Yeah. Oh, well, then you're next. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought you were going back. Show some ready. He's ready. Padre, come on, man. This is our podcast, not your podcast. Show me some respect. I started it, you finish it. The best for last. I could have sworn. No, I could have sworn sworn in an alternate universe. It was you, it was you, and then you, and then you. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Okay. Hey. I no, know. It's, it's it's my brain. My I know brain, you got some eyesight. That's Heron. <laughs> <Yeah>. This is Heron. <laughs> I have brain damage. One has a ha in front of it. Yeah, the other has a ah in front of it. Okay. So we did the ha. Yeah. Now we need the ah. Okay. This says, quote, John 316. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Hey. So that's cool. That's cool. For God so loved the world <laughs> that he gave his only begotten well, son. That they whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Right. That's a word. Yeah, that's a word. I got I'm the easy right one. Here. I got the... Is Christianity sexist? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Yikes. Oh, <laughs> Curveball. That's the toughest one. <laughs> no. Um, Christianity is not <laughs> sexist. Um, you know, the first thing that's coming to my mind right now, naturally, um, is seeing Erica give birth to faith. 
That's your wife. Erica's my wife. She gave birth yep. to Faith, and it forever changed me um, because I saw the pain that God entrusted to her to suffer for our family. So I remember just her gritting her teeth and in her, uh, seeing Faith born. It just gave me such more of a love and passion um, to serve her as a husband and to be a father. And I, I, I love God um, for making that experience unique to a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing that came to my mind naturally of my respect and honor for women. Um, but also um, mm. when, I, when I look at when Jesus um, resurrected, he first presented himself to a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see that. I see woman leadership in the scriptures. Um, I, see, I see women funding Jesus ministry. Um, mm. I, I see um, the Bible having roles for a man and for a woman that culture may not agree with. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that makes Christianity sexist. I think th- if, if, if we are going to call God our Lord, that means that we submit to the place that he runs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I look to the scriptures to define my role as a husband. Mm-hmm. I look to the scriptures to define my role as a son. I, so, so a woman should look to the scriptures to define her role as a woman. For those that is like what Pastor Adam said, for, for those that are saying, I'm, I'm going to use the Bible to govern my worldview. And yeah. sometimes when I utilize the Bible to govern my worldview, it may conflict with my desires. It may yeah. conflict with my temptations. It may conflict with my personality, mm. but that's where our faith is tested. Right. So I, I don't believe that I got saved until I was 32 years old. So that means I have 31 years experience of running my own play calls. Then I introduce myself to my Lord and Savior, and he's helping me to unlearn. So I first have to unlearn what I think is best, and then I can start learning, okay, this is what a biblical man is. Mm -hmm. This is what a biblical woman is. I have three daughters in my home. So it's it's very important for me to let them see in the scriptures that women aren't less in the Bible, but there is a different role between a man and a woman. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Well said. Yeah. I like that. I, I think I just, I tap onto that in, in the sense of, um, Phil, can you answer this for me? <laughs> We getting something delivered today. That, um, that better not be Banana Republic. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um, so, in the same regards, it's talking about the differential between Christianity and the Bible. Because mm-hmm. again, is Christianity sexist? Well, let's have a ca- caveat to it. Are there Christians, as Heron said earlier, are there Christians who are sexist? Yeah, one hundred percent. There, um, right. there are Buddhists who are sexist. There are Muslims who are sexist. <laughs> there are atheists who are sexist. Um, uh, so, in that same regard, there one hundred percent are churches in the world and in America where women are less valuable in the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about whether they could preach or teach on the pulpit or whatever. It, it is in other frameworks and other minds. Okay. And to me, it's not even just cultural things. Like there are some 
cultural churches in America that are trying to take a more um, Judaistic approach where men sit on one side and women sit on another side. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I still don't think that that in other any way is disrespectful or what if that's what that community wants to do mm -hmm. and the women find value in that too, then mm -hmm. by all means, like just like in Islam, you pray in separate spaces or whatever it may be, wh whatever you guys agree to, mm -hmm. if that works for you in the, in the, in that system, I'm all for it. Now, yeah. now the approach is where sexism is, is that lesson is that less than, and then also are women not a fan of it? Are the women in that place sure, like sure. this isn't okay? The, 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 the there is abuse happening. There there is a, a subjugation happening. There is no value to the woman here other than just to give them children, and and that's it. Then then that's going to be a problem. And those are those churches mm -hmm. exist, Christianity exists, but also that exists in the workplace. There mm -hmm. are people like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I know I know women who are just as sexist towards other women <laughs> yeah. than than anything. You know, yeah. just as equal. So so those realities. 100%. And I think sometimes when you're speaking to someone who has something against Christianity, in some regards, sometimes you got to stop trying to, it, this isn't your child. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you talk to a mom and it's as if her kid can't do any wrong. You know, it's like yeah, you yeah. talk to okay, someone, yeah. you're like, you know, there's Christianity. And they're like, no, no, there's not, no such thing. We're, God's church is, is perfect. You know, it's like, no, yeah, it's, it's, it can be pretty jacked up. You read the book of Revelations, like to see the seven churches. It, 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 yeah. it they definitely All the letters felt like Paul responding to issues. <laughs> yeah. Corinthians. Corinthians and Timothy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or actually a request. So I, I went on a date a years ago with a man who was very conservative and had Christian and had yeah. this view. He told, he literally told me it is the woman's reason for the fall. It's the woman's <laughs> reason that sin exists. And so yeah. your way to fix <laughs> the fall is your role is to have kids. Like that's your fix. Oh, wow. Be in the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I literally was sitting at the table like, what? I'm like 19 at this at this oh, time. Wow. So yeah. can you speak to the, the Christian men who have that conservative view? What would your response be in that moment to people that have that view of the fall and women's role in that respect? I have some perspective for that. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> I have daughters. Yeah. Um, so in the fall, Genesis chapter three, verse six says, and her husband who was with her. So so Adam was right there next to his wife when she decided to bite the fruit. So I believe that Adam was too passive in that moment, not to lead. And he did not um, have the word because the word was given to the man first in Genesis chapter two. And a man's role, according to Ephesians, is to wash your wife with the word of God. So for the wife not going to the husband when he was there, that, that she has ownership in that. But for Adam being right there, he could have taken. No, we don't do that in this family. So it was a failure of leadership on Adam's part. The woman was deceived. The man was passive, in my estimation. Yeah, well, even the Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle Paul puts all the blame, well, puts the blame on on Adam. Yeah. Death mm -hmm. came through one man, death mm -hmm. through sin, and so death Romans spread five. to all yeah. men because all sinned. And so that blame falls on Adam for, like you said, not taking his responsibility, leadership, headship role in the garden. And, um, and so that's logic. That logic is just unbiblical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Genesis it, um, 3, God says, Adam, where are you? Mm -hmm. He doesn't say, Eve, where are you? But yeah. I will say this too. It, there is like It is important as Christians to understand, 
um, especially in our day and age. Like we were even talking about on our website, maybe we need to have a, 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 a separate doctrinal statement on gender roles. Yeah. That's very clear mm-hmm. what a man is, what a woman is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it is important to realize that there, there are natural distinctions between what yeah, men they do desire, how yep. men act, how men think compared to how women act, how women think. And it's just good to be mindful of that and um, and to, you know, not not be deceived that gender is something that we can manipulate, um, you know, and 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 form to our current um ideologies or or whatever yeah you know it's saying something as stupid as you know not even being able to answer what is a woman right right you know it's so but i will also say this to add to the to our christian sexes and to praise women i i assist in the service of our um our food pantry which gives away about 500 cars um loads them with food every saturday and we feed 500 people families. in need yep. five yep. At, at at least 500 families mm-hmm. and the 9 out of 10 of my work of our volunteers who come in throughout the week to package that food are women yeah yeah and so this goes back to you know what you had said about Mary and Martha and mm-hmm. you know th- Lydia and exactly yeah, they, yeah. they this goes on and on yeah. they should be honored they should be respected you have Mary the mother of God mm-hmm. yeah. um, whose life and whose obedience and whose faith is to be admired mm-hmm. is to be um, acknowledged and um, honored and so on and uh, so yeah I would I would say I would just I just want to put value and honor on our women especially in the church how yeah. valuable they are as our as as some of the greatest servants some of the greatest sacrificial givers yes yeah. you know and that just goes yeah. to women's natures too like we talked about in the past um women are nurturers women are caregivers mm-hmm. women uh folk women are social social yeah. They, yeah. They, they 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 care for people um, and so yeah. we want to give that honor and value yeah. to that. Yeah, I would say also if you look at Ma- the book of Matthew, the genealogy mm-hmm. of, uh, of of Jesus, there's a lot of names that are women. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it. right. Yeah, I like yeah. It. So yeah. Role, you yeah. know, role players yeah. they played their part and yeah. lead mm-hmm. and yeah. led very yeah. well. So and and majority of mainstream sociologists, and then we'll move on with Caleb's mainstream sociologists who don't who don't even you know look at the Bible authoritative, and they just They'll mar- they'll speak to Christianity. Uh, modern modern women's rights and modern women positions would not happen without Jesus, without the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Just wouldn't happen. Uh, most modern sociologists say this idea of women uh, being at an equal level to the man, having separate strengths and roles. Uh, modern liberalism is trying to take a whole left field into that, but even modern liberalism would not exist without Jesus's uh, radical teachings about the equality of women and the place that Jesus put women in, whether they were able to sit at his feet, which was equal to men, which had never been done by a rabbi before, uh, whether it be them allowing a woman to host them in their home to have church like Lydia, uh, whether it be um, Mary, who was the first one to see Jesus upon his resurrection, which in Judaism 
a woman was not in a court of law, a lot was not considered a human who could give a testimony. Only men could. Yeah. So this idea where two or three or more are gathered, that's a judicial language. When Jesus says that upon uh, church, um, church governance, where two or three or more gathered, there I am in the midst. That was a natural uh, uh, Jewish law that if you were to convict someone of a felony or a crime, you had to have at least two witnesses Mm -hmm. that could give an account for the crime. And then therefore, if you did, then the judicial system would, would grant it as an official crime. Well, women were not constituted in that judicial system. If a woman came, if two women saw a guy commit a crime, it was not counted as a legitimate source of witness. Mm-hmm. So when when women see Jesus as the resurrected king, and then they're the ones going and passage them, passing the message as they go to Galilee and telling the disciples what God is saying and what Jesus is saying through that in the Gospels is uh, the those that you would not believe in a judicial law, I have chosen to use them as the source of belief. I have chosen I them like to it. be the source of, uh, of a judicial record election. So therefore women have value, but also it also speaks to the uncertainty that if the disciples were lying about the resurrected Jesus, if you were fabricating a story for power or control, the two last story, like if let's just say they stole Jesus from, from the thing, which, um, which, uh, they were afraid of, because there also is that rumor like, Oh, they took Jesus's body. They hit him in the Judean desert. They dug him down. And then they said, look, he rose again. Well, upon the story for thousands of years, you would not use two women uh, if you were faking a story because no one would believe women unless it was actually true. Unless For two sure. women actually right. did see and Jesus. And it tests to the validity. And, and test the validity. It can't yeah. be a fake story. Yeah. If uh, if you're going to fake a story, you have two of his male disciples find Jesus's risen right. body. You don't have two right. women unless it actually did happen that way. And it did. And it also is the blessing on the woman in the same way, the blessing of, 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 of like Caleb said, uh, Mary, who... Who, who, who throughout the years has been elevated to a, a beautiful position of being a bearer of the Son of God. So, you know, no, in, in, in slight, the Bible and Christianity is the opposite of sexism. You would not have anything that you have in terms of equality without the Bible. You would live in the ages that existed in all cultures prior to that day, uh, besides some, um, some Greek traditions and other stuff, but it still wasn't any regards of what we knew today. It was more for them. It was more like a sexual revolution, whether it be Mm -hmm. the temple of Diane or whatever else. So, uh, thank God for Christianity. Thank God for Jesus who, who have the, the, the position we're at with women today where, where we do honor them. And yeah, there, there are, you know, zealots who, who take it the opposite way and abuse it Mm -hmm. in in all areas though. Christianity, Judaism, atheism, whatever it may be. Caleb. If I could say something real quick as we, as we go to pastor Caleb, um, when I first started reading the Bible, I got in John because it really helped me to understand Jesus' character because he has a lot of one-on-one conversations. The longest one-on-one conversation that's documented with Jesus is with a woman. It's the woman at the well. Woman at the mm. well. Yeah, there so, you go. so the, there, there's there the go, empowerment bro. of Jesus. He's the one with the Bible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. He brought his Bible. Right on, Baptist. bro. It's that bad Cap Baptist. <laughs> Oh, Heinz 57. Uh oh. Why is God so hidden? Oh, oh big boob. <laughs> 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 Who did that? 
That was the soprano worship leader. <laughs> that and Chris Tomlin, man. <laughs> you what were you doing before this? <laughs> Why did you sing so high? What are you He's playing hide and seek with Matthias. <laughs> playing Chris Tomlin in the background before this. Next time I'll see indescribable. There, yeah, there, yeah, there it is. Okay, why are you so hidden, God? Why is God so hidden? Okay, why good, doesn't He just show Himself? Yeah, why everybody why would can't, believe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody loves us so much. Why can't nobody he just would go up? to hell if yeah. He just write wrote on the sky in big letters, "I am God." Believe in me. Yeah. Um. Well. First of all, I think uh, God designed the world to where he He gave enough light for those who are searching for it to find it and enough darkness for those who want darkness to find darkness. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he designed it to, to where um, if 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 his free will creatures need to fully choose him out of love and their own will as opposed to force or coercion or even fear of going to hell. Mm-hmm. And so he designed a world in which... So it's important to realize that he's not entirely hidden when you think about two things, creation and conscience. So conscience is that thing within us that okay. Jiminy Cricket within us yeah. that, you know, t- the t- ethical moral law, the ethical moral law within every man and woman that says, um, I know it's wrong to lie because I just know it's wrong to lie. I know it's wrong to steal. I know it's wrong to commit murder. I know it's wrong to commit adultery. I know all of these things are wrong because there is a law. The Bible talks about written on the heart of man. Yeah. And that, that is a, that is a, sign of the image of God within man. Mm-hmm. And so you have conscience. That's a sign. That's a proof that that God exists. And then you have creation. Creation reveals that there's a creator, mm-hmm. right? Because the, the intricacy of design, the intricacy of just thinking about, I mean, you go from our eyeball that is so intricately designed that we can't even fully understand to the heavens, to the stars. It's, it, it signifies intelligence. It signifies order. It signifies structure, um, even to the minutest separation from the sun to the earth, to the moon. If it was separated in either direction in a mile or two miles, you know, we could cease to exist on planet earth because it would be too cold or too hot. All of these things, creation and conscience attest to the fact that there's a creator. I think, I think it's, it it's it's god designed it in a way to where if we really wanted to know god out of a true desire for love of god mm-hmm. that we we can find him and we will find him mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, yeah. And i think there's some uh, additional just like practical you know anecdotes alongside of this of like that just practical for people to wrap their head around you know um, it's often said, well, if God created man who created God, uh, that's like a baker baking a loaf of bread and then asking who baked the baker, you know, like two totally different things, a baker breaking a loaf of bread and then the bread and then everyone looking at the bread and saying, well, who baked the baker then? Well, dude, you know, it's, yeah. it's two totally different things. Yeah. yeah. That's who God is to us. It's totally different. Uh, enigma in that sense of right. uh, if God created humanity, who created God? Like what you know? What do you mean? You're talking apples and oranges in that, in that sense. You're talking about 
an eternal being Mm -hmm. in the same regards, uh, you know, it's like me walking in a desert that I felt like has never been walked on before. If I stumbled upon uh, a Rolex watch, I wouldn't think to myself, wow, in all of these millions of years, look what this sand created in this desert. I would never, no one would ever think that. So to just make the simple analogy and think that we have constructed ourselves, everything that we know has constructed itself over a process of millions of years. I'm pretty sure we are a little bit more common, complicated than a Rolex watch. Maybe just mm-hmm. a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, so yeah. Yep. if you just would never bit. make the just assumption. Well, not my Rolex. Not my Rolex. Yeah, not your Rolex, not your uh, your Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> so if I would never walk in the desert and see a chair, let's just even go simpler. Let's just see you found a skateboard in the desert. It was just mm-hmm. a piece of wood without the grip tape. Just a piece of wood that's perfectly round, perfectly has holes where the trucks can go. Yeah. No one would think to itself... I think that um, a tree once stood here and I think water once came and as the water came by, it really, we know it as a skateboard today, but it created this perfectly, no, you think to yourself, someone lost their skateboard. It fell off of their car. It fell, you know, your assumption is. So when when you look at humanity, the fact that there are many still no answers for a lot of the things. Uh, these hypotheses that exist in science are just that. They're hypotheses. Mm-hmm. There, there's no proof to many of the things that we would know of today, especially when it comes to space. Even when it comes to dinosaurs, just remember what a dinosaur looked like when you were a kid to what they show you a dinosaur is today. Right. You're like, yeah. they don't even look the same. <laughs> right. and, and it's like, they're just... When you look at a bone, they're guessing, did it have fur? Did it not have fur? Did it have fat? Did it not like, for mm-hmm. all you know, all dinosaurs could have looked like uh, hippopotamuses, you know, like it just, well, m- you know. most things in life we take off of faith. Yeah. We have faith 100%. in a textbook, for faith sure. in scientists that we don't know, faith in the airline pilot that we didn't met, that we just walked into the airplane and just yeah. trusted that there was a, somebody capable flying our airplane. Yeah. But I also want to mention with this, because I don't want to neglect the main course as a Christian, uh, Christ himself, who is the, mm-hmm. who is is the image of God, who is the word made flesh. Colossians. Uh, you know, you cannot say God is hidden when God became flesh yeah. in the person of yeah. his son. And not only that, we have all of the uh, um, all of the proof, uh, apologetic proof yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that that part we partially uh, alluded to, but we can get into um, for hours and hours yeah. discussing how we know he was raised from the dead, how we know that he was a real man who who influenced uh, the the Jewish world and 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 as beyond and, and beyond the Roman world and so on to our present day of two thousand years of church history and the work of the Holy Spirit in. Uh, creating the church, producing the church and all yeah. of the the fruit that we've seen in the past 2000 years. So, you know, God is God is not hidden. Yeah. I would say from what Pastor Caleb said about consciousness, when whatever we think about more is what we see. So it's like, you know, I I saw I saw Corey's shoes. And I was like, man, those are some dope shoes. And I bet they're going to come in my mind later and then I'm going to see somebody else with those shoes or if you want a car. Now, I, all all right. I see is Teslas yeah, now, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. like when something's on your mind, you, you see it more. So like, so so something practical for me is like golf was hidden for me. Because I was like, golf's not, golf is whack. Like, <laughs> so even, so even yeah. if I've seen it on TV or said, golf is whack. So golf is hidden for me yeah, until somebody right. says, right. hey, you should try it. Yeah. Mm, start yeah. noticing. Then yeah. when I start trying it, mm. so the Bible says, taste and see that I'm good. So I think. I think the reason why God may be hidden to some, because they're not willing to taste it. They're not willing to try. They're not willing. So the more that you think about, okay, the foundation of this is faith, not me making sure that I start with understanding, 
but it's starting in faith. So I'm, I have to trust Pastor Adam enough to say, just try golf. So then you try it, and now I'm thinking about it more. Yeah. Now, yeah. hey, when's the next tea time? Yeah. Hey, I'm thinking about these clubs. So, so, right. I, but I'm not good at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. now it's not hidden to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think I think yeah. from just practically, once you taste it and once you start trying it, then it's like, oh, now it's not hidden for me. Now yeah. I'm going to the golf channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeking you will find, knocking he will answer. Draw near you know? to me, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. draw yeah. near to you. Yeah. And, that, well, that, and going that, to Caleb saying like, is he hidden in in actuality? No, not not for those who are not for those who are searching. Yeah. And you know that's what my common. You know, that's probably what I would respond with someone in, in that same way. Is yeah. Even with someone, I've said it before, you know, I don't think on this podcast, but somewhere else, when people say, your church is so large, do you know everyone? And I say, I know everyone who wants to be known. For sure. Yeah, like, there you yeah. go. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's you yeah. know, that's the rabbinic answer that you have to give, right? Yeah. So it's like, is God hidden? No, for not for those who are seeking, not yeah. for those who are finding, he's not hidden. Mm -hmm. And like the proofs Caleb said, whether it be in your ethical law, moral law, um, creation, or anything else, but in reality... Um, Jesus healed the sick. Jesus walked on water. J Jesus turned water into wine. Jesus resurrected people. Jesus, God resurrected Jesus. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, people still did not believe. So mm -hmm. what does it take for you to believe? So even if God wrote in the sky, which I think he does every day with the sunrise and the sunset, yes. even if God yeah. showed up right in front of you, which he often does in many ways, and he also did over 2,000 years ago, and even a large majority of people still didn't believe the mm -hmm. great, uh, the great sermon of um of Stephen before he was stoned to death in Acts, where he was basically, that's basically what he was doing. He was like, he was telling the Jewish people, you guys killed Jesus. <laughs> you guys, this was our Messiah. This is our savior. And then what do they respond with? They grab rocks and they kill him. Many of these people were people who saw Jesus do the things that he did. And they yeah. still decided, oh, there's one of his disciples. Let's stone him to death. So even at the time when, when he did everything he could do in terms of showing up and standing up in front of people, they still didn't now if you want god to come because he's a holy god if you want him to come he's going to come to reconcile mm -hmm. this world back to himself mm -hmm. so you do not want to meet that god who needs to reconcile the world to himself because that is a god who first has to purge sin that's a god who first has to he's a righteous god he can't be in companionship with sinfulness or unrighteousness so that's why he sent jesus to, to, to bring us to a place of purity, to bring us to a place of right, righteousness, the propitiation of our sins. Aaron, propitiation of our <laughs> sins. Uh, so he makes himself, to me, as you begin to dig more and more, and if you're a new believer, like Aaron said, whether new to golf or whatever, you have to begin to build your faith up, bolster sure. your faith up with these realities of who Jesus is so yeah. that you can seek Jesus plain as day mm -hmm. uh, and, in your life. You know, and... and that was the message of the rich man and Lazarus that Jesus gave when the, the, the rich man is suffering in hell and Jesus or he begs uh, Lazarus who's in heaven. Can you just give me or tell my family members, yeah. send them a miracle, send them a sign so that they don't have to suffer in this place. And Jesus says, even if a sign were given from heaven, they would not believe. But but the book of Moses is enough for yeah. them to believe. So in other words, God has given us enough revelation for us to believe if we truly want to believe. He's given it's us there. his special revelation, the word of God. He's given us creation. He's mm -hmm. given us conscience and he's given us the Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Christ. I love it. I love it. I like how you said it. Are we circling back? Is it, uh, is it going back to me? I mean, we, we have time. We're going back to me. Okay. All right. Let's see. 
<laughs> All right. Let's see. Oh, man. I'm nervous. All right. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, shoot. That's a long one. What the heck? <laughs> Okay. Wow. Oh well, let's see. Who, okay. who has my phone? Did you take? My yeah. Phone? Okay. Tell, tell my, if uh, let me see real quick. here we go. If Christianity is true, why is there so much abuse and damage done through the church? Oh boy. Well, I'll I'll make it simple. Anyone could tack on if they want, because I feel like part of this is is we answered it today. Is is you're you're dealing with fallen people. You're dealing with a fallen creation. You're dealing with until Jesus comes back the second time and, and, and takes us with him or until we're dead and he resurrects us again. We are imperfect people. Uh, God has chosen humanity and the church to be his representation of both the gospel and the message. And whether you read the seven churches in Revelation, yeah. whether you read First and Second Corinthians, uh, whether you read any of the other uh, gospels of Paul or anything else, or Peter, you're going to see, uh, even the book of Acts, you're, you're going to see a lot of imperfect people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot of sinful people. You're going to see a lot of people who every single day are striving their best. Not everyone, but majority of everyone who calls himself a Christian, calls him believer, every single day is striving to bear the image of Jesus Christ, uh, to put our old self away and put on the new self, uh, to come to the understanding and the revelation of who Jesus is. And so, unfortunately whether it's in today's age in the church, whether it's uh, in Spanish Inquisition days where, you know, you couldn't, they would kill you if you didn't uh, believe in the Catholic church or anything like that. I mean, there, there are individuals who have poorly represented the word of God, poorly represented Christianity in which the Bible tells us that those who either teach the word of God or represent the word of God or Jesus will be held accountable for everything that they do. And there will be judgment upon every person and how they represented God and how they taught the word of God. And so they should bear, every pastor, every church should bear that weight of what it means to represent Christ. And, um, but, but, but to say that it's imperfect is, um, is more of a compliment in anything because it shows to me, it shows God's desire and his partnership with humanity and his desire to use humanity, even though we're fallen. That has been God's desire from the beginning. That was his desire in uh, calling Israel to himself. That was his desire by telling Abraham to follow me and trust me. It was, hey, I want to use humanity. I want to speak through humanity. I want humanity to represent me, which is also another thing, what we were saying about why is God hidden? He, he's not. He. There's a reason why uh, 90% of all humanitarian nonprofits are owned by Christians. You know, there yeah. aren't many atheists who are building orphanages in third world countries. There mm-hmm. aren't many atheists who are building water wells for those who are in need. There aren't many atheists who are building schools. There aren't many atheists who are building hospitals. Majority of hospitals that you know today started as a Christian effort. So yeah. God isn't hidden. He's seen in plain sight through his people. Yeah. Um, he's seen yeah. in plain sight through believers. And so you can focus on, let's just say I have a, let's just say I have a dozen eggs and let's just say I have one egg that's cracked. You can, you can get, you can get all met, mad and messed up at the fact that you only have 11 eggs. But, but I would still look at that and say, well, you have 11 eggs. For sure. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't have to go back to the store. And so when you look at Christianity as fallen and as many times as we do fail and we make mistakes, when you look at the world that exists today 
even in terms of the progress, the luxuries we have in this world, yeah. it happened through Christianity. It ha- even secular so- sociologists will speak to that. Why nations have been able to economically come to the place they were at? Well, when Christians stepped yeah. in and they set up hospitals and they set up schools and they set up Justice, the things and law. they set up judicial systems yeah. which are based on the Book of Judges in the Old Testament. When we when Christians have come in, now have Christians fallen and done whatever they want to say, whitewashed or whatever, or irrespected the culture, uh, whether it be, you know, Heron's Tongan and, you know, Tong, uh, um, missionaries have come in and changed a lot of Tongan culture. And yeah, is that maybe downsides to it that have felt may, maybe, but, and, and yeah, but, but we we're fallen, we make mistakes, but at the same time, uh, there's so much, there's so much beauty that the church Christianity has done as a whole sure. to where we're at today. And so, no, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily uh, see that the fact that there has been damage in the church, that's a proof text to say why Christianity isn't real. Then everything should be perfect about it. Right. And um, then my question would be, where are your eyes? Like, who are you looking? Are you looking at man to set that example for you? Are you looking at the word of God or, you know, where your rela- relationship stands? Because I was going through therapy and my therapist was like, you know, it seems like you've gone through some spiritual abuse. And I was like, spiritual abuse? Like, that's, I never thought about that because in my head, I'm like, Mm. you shouldn't go through church hurt because you're in the church. Yeah. But it made me realize, like, you're just saying, you know, we are fallen. And had I focused my eyes on the people that hurt me, healing wouldn't ever be, I wouldn't be at church today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think it's important to figure out when these questions are asked, like, well, where's my perspective? Am I looking at Pastor Adam to be my, all and to see him as yeah he has great qualities but at the end of the day jesus is my example jesus is the example that i should be following so. yeah 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 if yeah. i can give some perspective on church mm-hmm. hurt um because i've been giving some thought to that and i, I love the, your points that you shared nancy um the scripture says that that when jesus comes back he's going to say depart from me i never knew you so it goes back to what we said earlier there are certain people that do the do things in the name of christianity that aren't Christians. Yeah. Um, just because you're a member of church does not mean you will be a member of heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like, right. so, so it's like there's a clear distinction biblically on 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 who is saved. So there's that distinction. So there have been people that have been hurt in church by people that were in church but weren't Christians. And I and I say that yeah. because when I look at Paul writing to Timothy and Titus. Now, this is not far removed from the Holy Spirit falling in the upper room. We're not uh, like this is like yeah. recent to that. This is Paul pouring into the next generation of his leaders for the church. He's having to tell them, hey, watch out for men in the church that are that are preaching false doctrine. Watch out for these men in the church that are trying to take advantage of women. Hey, some preach Christ um, for ill intent. Some preach Christ from a pure heart. So like for me as striving to be a biblical pastor in, in 2023, it's like. Man, like God, like how do we do this with all, with so much falling? Mm. But, but 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 when we go back to the scriptures, just it's look there. one ge- just look one generation later from when when from the book of Acts, mm-hmm. they were dealing with it in the scriptures, mm-hmm. and I have to trust and submit, like Pastor Caleb said, that this is God's plan and will, and He's giving me a role to play, not to not to fix it all. But to have a faith that since I'm a part of the body and he's given me a voice and he's given me giftings, then the role that he has for Aaron Levy Mm. to play, I'll play that role. But I cannot be the spokesperson for every single person that's been hurt. What I can do is say, let's look at the New Testament church. 
Yeah. One generation later, the same things that we're seeing, it just, it just so happens we have TikTok and social media. But if we look yeah. at it documented in Galatians, in Philippians, Man. in Titus, in Timothy, the same exact thing were happening with people that were in church, but were hurting people that right. were getting saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah great point. Yeah, and it's it, the wheat and the tares that yeah. grow up together, and Jesus says, don't take, don't uproot the wheat until the end of the age, let them grow together. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of it is, is his his true children who truly love God, love goodness, beauty, and service towards God and man, um, allowing the weeds to grow up, the goats to grow up alongside of them, what it does is it's an act of training for us because yeah. God is training us yeah. for an eternal reward, an eternal inheritance, eternal responsibility yeah. where we're going to judge angels. And so this life is all about training. Like you go to the gym and you add weights and you add greater weights and you add greater weights. Oh, I got to deal with, I got to deal with this uh, slanderer today. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's another 25 pound weight that I got to try to try to add to my regiment to build mm -hmm. more muscle. So all of these challenges, oh, my <clears throat> wife just did this to mm -hmm. me? Oh, okay. What am I going to do? Am I going to lash out or am I going to forgive and mm -hmm. respond in a godly way? Okay. Wow. I just gained some more traps. I just mm -hmm. gained, you know, another millimeter in my traps by doing that. So it's all about, it's all about training. It's all about character growth. That's why God allows these challenges in our daily life and in the church. And, um, you know, and, 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 and God draws straight lines with crooked sticks. So, you know, when you've been hurt, if you've been hurt in a church, you know, oh, the church is filled with a bunch of sinners, bunch of hypocrites. Oh, so you're perfect? Sure. Okay, so you're perfect. So they need you then. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so you should stay in the church because they need you because you're perfect. You have so it you should out. be a godly yeah. influence amidst yeah. that environment. You know. Yeah, so that's. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would. I would argue that Jesus didn't like the way church was being handled in his day. He flipped tables. Yeah. But he didn't leave the church. Mm -hmm. So he had more of a credibility to flip the tables because he was speaking truth in the church. Yeah. I think what we see today is people that are trying to rearrange tables from outside the church. Wow, yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. recently yeah, yeah, went yeah, through yeah. a lot of a lot of church hurt, and um, my my dad had seen the seven years that I was going through, and when all of it hit. He was glad that it happened to me that I got out of it. I'm like, why are you so happy? I'm in pain. He said, well, I knew this was going to happen. I said, well, why didn't you tell me anything? Why didn't you stop it? Why didn't you give me a sign? Mm. He said, there's just some certain things that you have to go through Man. and that you have to experience. Had I put my hand on it or had I guided you through that situation, you wouldn't be strong enough or have the, the skill set to be able to handle betrayal in the future because it will come again. Mm. So in my healing process, for those I've been church hurt i had to do this i had to to not fight to understand why but i had to fight to get healed and to get whole because we will be betrayed we will get hurt but if we fixate our focus on why 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 we'll end up in this constant cycle of frustration where we are outside of the church now trying to fix the table you can't mm -hmm. do it yeah. you can't do it and yeah. i had to make that decision do i and the biggest thing that I was so church hurt is because I put man in a position that God should have been in. Mm -hmm. Had God been the one that I was focused on, I would have, I would have recognized this is man. Sheep are, sheep will be sheep, and they will hurt. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, and again, I think I think 
probably majority of the pain we experience in church, if, if I'm just being truthful, is it's self-inflicted and it's self-given. If uh, mm. if 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 you're look if humanity has failed you so much so, then the likelihood that you will look to humanity to fulfill your desires and yeah. to give you yeah. peace, then you're gonna it's it's cyclical. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna do it again. And that's just that's just practical wisdom even in relationships. Like if if a man has ruined you to the point where you're like, I don't want to live anymore. I'll never meet someone again out of eight billion people. If that mm-hmm. thought is a real reality to you mm-hmm. yeah. that out of eight billion people, one guy was a schmuck and it, it has ruined my life to never want to date again. Yeah. Well, then the likelihood that you shouldn't be in a relationship because the likelihood that the next guy comes, that you're going to bear the weight of 8 billion people on him to be everything that you need him to be. He's going to fail in that same regard. And so there's people I meet all the time in the church who are like that, like, oh, I, I've already been to nine churches and, and it's, um, you know, it's like the, it's like, um, Little Red Riding Hood or whatever the story of the bears. It's like I tried, I tried this big and it bed and it was too big, and I tried this yeah. bed and it was too small, and I tried this yeah. soup and it was too hot, and I tried this one it was too cold, and then, ah, this one was just right. Like yeah. that's what they're looking for. Is 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 um especially in America, it's like this Burger King generation. It's like yeah, I think that I can way. yeah, and because yeah. of social media, social media allows yeah. us to follow and unfollow and and only see the things we want to see and all these things like that. So so some. Sometimes uh, you go to a church, it's going to be human. There are going to be things that you don't like. There's going to be things that hurt you. But if they're your fulfillment, if you're looking for them to fulfill you, then then the chances of you going to be hurt and you're going to yeah. be offended is very likely. Yeah. But at the same regard, if they are blatantly ignoring scripture and it blatantly moving to heresy or abuse, well, then you have to make a decision. You have to you have to go somewhere else. I'm not saying you should be in in uh, in, in not all crosses are your crosses that you have to bear. You, you do have decisions to move on or move. But it doesn't mean that you give up on God's system. Yeah. It doesn't mean you right. give up on the yeah. word of God. My wife, we just lemon lawed her her van. It kept breaking down. Our conversation when we sued Chrysler and got our money back um, <laughs> was not. We should really give up vehicles. We should start looking at electric That's really bikes. Good. That's like, really good. Yeah. like these cars yeah. have really mm-hmm. failed us. We should really look into electric bikes. Maybe we can do a Vespa because we don't trust cars anymore. Like, no, like, <laughs> and that's what people do in the church. Like this church failed me. Uh, therefore I, I, I used to go to church, but the church I was a part of, they blah, 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 blah. So therefore churches that, you know, I, I, I am my own church. It's like, okay, well, when you can tell me the Bible, you can show me a passage where it says the individual is the church. Um, which is a plural word, uh, and okay, but until then, God has a system. He has a structure. Yeah. And let me let me let me add this: like heaven is filled with people who love God and who are His church. So if you don't as- like associating with people in this life who Yo. love God and who are His <laughs> church, why do you want to go to heaven? Yo. You're not going to want to go to heaven because you're going to have to be around those same people. Yeah, it's, they don't play yeah. Chris Tomlin 24 hours a day. Like when I was a child, they taught us and they taught us in heaven. We would just sing worship to God. And I think to myself, how more indescribable, uncontainable. <laughs> you put the stars in the sky and you know them by name. 
That's how I always thought. When I was in children's church, they'd be like, we're going to worship God in heaven for eternity. I'm like, wow, that is boring. You know, like who wants to do that? You know, it's like, no, there, there's angels in heaven and revelations that that's their job. Humanity, we will, we will, we will, we will converse. We will be in the glory of Christ, especially in the new heavens and earth. We will have roles. We will have jobs. We will, we will do things with our hands. This time there won't be any sweat labor. It's not, you know, it's like the things that we saw in the fall don't exist anymore, but they Therefore, like to Caleb's point, so that means you're going to have to talk to people. Like yeah. it means you're going to have to have conversations. And, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, if, and, and if you can't figure that yeah. out on Earth, uh, you know, obviously in all glory, something might click. But man, start and start on Earth now. You know, yeah. being being for for uh, forgiving. There is some weight to, I would say, for the church to have their responsibility as well. I know a lot for of sure. people yeah. who who you know who went to a pastor with, with their abuse and, and mm. damage and mm -hmm. the pastor said oh you're forgiven now you're back in the church and then they abuse five kids yeah yeah totally you know and mm. so, oh yeah yeah so there's definitely a mm. weight to it where, where you have leaders which goes are, back to me saying they're yeah. going to be judged and right. yeah so you have yeah. to have oh yeah there's real trauma yeah, yeah there's real For trauma sure. yeah sure. yeah and and a lot of that is it may not happen overnight that we're not saying you have to stay in the same community the same body or or the same community necessarily you may have to it may be so toxic for you. You have to find a different church community to associate yourself with. Mm -hmm. um, but what I think the message that we're just saying is don't give up on the church because God has never and will never give, right, give right. up on the church. Yeah, yeah. I have some yeah. raw thoughts about that. I don't have resolution, but it's, I've been giving thought to this a lot. Like um, you had talked about it, like this Burger King consumer church. And you talk about the responsibility with the church. I pastor in the city of Pomona. There's over 82 churches in Pomona. Mm -hmm. So a part of that grieves me because I'm trying to be a biblical pastor, meaning that when Paul is writing to Ephesus or writing to Corinth, he's not writing to 82 different letters to all these different pastors that raised up. There was a church. There were people that church um, that God elected Paul to be the leader of the church that may not have agreed with that decision. Yeah. Why does Paul have to be my pastor right, right. when I know his past? Right. That type that type oh, of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like we have as as the church have why why can't we have um the church of Rancho Cucamonga or the church of California or the church of what right? <laughs> so that, now that now that would require so much humility, so much right. And these are just raw thoughts I think as I look at the New Testament, but 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 to to your point Pastor Heron like I think we as pastors have some responsibility to be in unity on the cities that we're pastoring in and to help one another for um, people in our community that are hurt. How can we as pastors help navigate people through those seasons? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 For sure. I, I think my yeah. little tack on to that too, though, is, 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 is unity also means accountability. Mm -hmm. So, so. That's one of the, like, whenever pastors say we need to be united, I'm like, no, what we need is we need accountability. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's what they don't want. U Unity goes, let's share our resources. If I need a, a church van for an event, let me get your van. If my people need food from your outreach center, let them come. We're united. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, that is a beautiful aspect. But when you read the gospels, when you read Paul's word, uh, when you read Paul's New Testament and you re and you read uh, Peter's work, like it was riddled with people they were mentoring, Barnabas or whatever, mm -hmm. and accountability and leadership and all that. And so to me, I think 
um, you know, we recently did a pastor's gathering and like one of the, one of the languages was like, confess what you need to confess. Like pastors don't have a place for confession, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. we know Caleb as, you know, our principal Catholic here on the channel, <laughs> how, how, uh, how, I absolve you, my child. How, how, <laughs> how literally important confession is in the Christian faith. And a lot of the times you're dealing with going to Heron's thing, a lot of the times you're dealing with a lot of the issues in the church and a lot of the issues with leaders because they don't have a place of confession. Mm -hmm. um, they, don't, they don't have that system. So therefore, you're, you're, you're having this guy lead every Sunday who's, who's literally like full of crap. Yeah. And like he's using the word of God, which is truthful. And anytime yeah. that's shared, it comes down and it, it, it you know, it, uh, a person will come to conviction and repentance. And just like the word says, should a new believer come in, let the word be preached. The, the word will, the prophecy will come and fall upon them. They will repent. So even if a pastor who's full of crap preaches the word, the word is going to do what the word needs to mm -hmm. do. Yes. But on his side, he needs to confess he needs to get to a place where he is able to, um, in the sense of rid himself of what he's trying to do as he per, uh, per, pursues Christ, is to outwardly confess those sins, those abuses, whatever it is, and let an, uh, let a, a, an authoritative figure bring about uh, accountability and mm -hmm. responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what we are desperately missing in church. You have a lot of pastors on their own islands and leaders and Tons. parachurch yes. uh, personalities. We just had one of the biggest apologe apologetic evangelists of our of our day um uh, yeah. fall, fall horrendously you know to hidden sin mm -hmm. that you know I, I i think i remember uh josh mcdowell's response to that because he was a friend of his and i think he's he had he had said something along the lines of he just regrets kind of not maybe um probing him more okay you know, and and being that source of accountability for him, mm. you know, if 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 he would have opened up in some way to him to where he could have issued that correction and dissuaded and prevented a lot of the heartache that yeah resulted. And generally, though, a lot of times those signs are there. I there was a recent mm -hmm. pastor who's been on the news and I who had a lot of issues where he fell and it was adultery related, and I had a a friend who often had that person speak at his church. And he just said, man, we, we should have known every time he'd speak at our church, he'd come out with two girls from his hotel and he would tell us oh they boy. were his cousins and that they oh, were wow. visiting town. And, and he goes, we just, he's like, we just, we believed him because, but he's like, but now you like, that's super sketchy. A guy comes down from his room, two girls come. And then he goes, these are my cousins. They're visiting for me out of town. Wow. He goes, all of us just were like, mm. yeah, okay. You know, like they just, you know, they, they assume, but then at the same time it was, yeah. But when he said that it, 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 I did have questions, but then I, then I, but I assumed should he, if he's into something, there's someone much more higher than me. That's probably keeping him accountable. That's the assumption. Mm -hmm. And a lot mm -hmm. of times, no, yeah. it's not the yeah. case. And so, you know, a lot of my pastor friends in the circle I am, they, you know, they, they make fun of me and call me the Don or they call me, uh, they call me, um, what's, uh, what's his name from, uh, from Godfather, uh, Corleone, Michael Corleone mm -hmm. Michael, or whatever, yeah. because I'm very like, I, I try to be very direct about like, you know, if I see something like in a loving way and Aaron knows yeah. we were just at this thing and they were all talking about mm -hmm. it is like, do Adam just, Adam is, if he sees a red flag in you, like he's going to pull you aside and he's going to call it out. And I, cause my thing yeah. is like, I hope you do that for me. Yeah. I, I hope if you, 
you know, saw me, the waitress, maybe gaze a little longer, yeah. or maybe, hey, thanks, sweetie, and rub her yeah. back, or what? Because there are pastors who do that weird stuff, and no one says anything, <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, someone needs to say, and I, and so I got a track record where there's at least four really famous pastors that I've had altercations with because I've called them out on stuff and I will never do it here on the podcast because I respect uh, I respect them and it's not anything to do with adultery or anything but it is stuff that was pride they were mean to people rude to Mm people and I've called them out we've gone at it very famous pastors and uh, I, I think that accountability is important, and I just hope we do more of that in the future. And to me, the the deriver the, the the where it's often derived from in, in the healthiest way is is what the church originally began to constitute uh, within confession uh, early on in Catholicism was this idea of having a place, having a, a brother brethren that you could come to, and you can you can bear your soul with so that you don't carry it on with you. And, was this during and the Constantinian era? <laughs> no, okay. <I'm> curious. <laughs> listen, listen, when the scriptures we were formed and pre, okay. pre-Constantinian, okay. but yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever. I, I would say <laughs> accountability definitely breeds trust and trust is the foundation for community. Like mm-hmm. if there's no trust, you break that trust, yeah. you won't have real authentic community because yeah. it's just friends and acquaintances. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Accountability is, is up there. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, this is what I think we should do. It's been, it's been uh, because it's heavy, it's been theology. I think we put a pause here. I think everyone let us know in the comments if they've enjoyed this. We got a bunch of other stuff still in here. We can add some more in the future. If you guys liked it, we could do a part two, you know, mm-hmm. here soon. And uh, don't forget on our Wednesday nights, uh, we have moved, uh, not moved, but uh, once a month, Caleb and I are hosting a live Beyond the Letter Night at our church. So you can go to our Abundant Living Family Church YouTube channel. And this is kind of more of the stuff that we're going to do on our Wednesday nights. Okay. So um, we're addressing more of these questions or any questions that you have. So you can go to our website, beyond.faith. You can submit those questions. We do it every first Wednesday of the month. We'll take clips from that, throw them on this channel. But if this, if you've enjoyed this style of thing, that's what we're doing on our Wednesday night things. And then if you've also enjoyed this, uh, hit, hit that thumbs up, subscribe. If you're listening on podcasts, leave us a great review. And if you like this episode, tell us that in your review and we'll make sure we do more of these kind of, kind of deep dive. Did, did you, do you guys sit in the podcast? Do you guys like this, uh, yeah, version this of things? Great. Yeah, cool. I love it. Right on money. All right. Aaron, Aaron. Thank you for being on today. Yeah, you guys right. Thanks for you're, uh, you're welcome back Baptist. anytime. You welcome the Baptist. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> we'll let the two Baptists come back next time. But thank you guys. God bless. Have a great week.